1: Hello, uh, and welcome back to The Great American Scream. My name is Adam O'Connell, and if you will notice, uh, I am doing the intro today, and also usually I get introduced second, and that's because we have a very special guest today to talk about a very uh, exciting topic. Um, so hello, special guest. Special guest, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Yes. Hello. Uh, my name is Ezra Fisher. I am Devin Wright's partner, uh, roommate, and uh, lifelong critique. Uh <laughs> Devin uh, this morning I noticed he was gone and a hole had opened up in our wall that was exactly his silhouette. I assume everything's fine and he's probably just out on a walk So yeah. today um, we are talking about uh, one of my one of my favorite horror icons uh, he is a horror mangaka which is a uh, comic writer illustrator uh, he is his name is Junji Ito
1: yeah and it's it's uh, I think it's uh, pretty ironic that. Uh, Devin's disappearance into a hole in the wall is what uh, brought you onto the show uh, because previously, like, because <laughs> this was new because <laughs> you went, oh, a hole and now I have to research this hole uh, and then you found Jujito. That's not true, but uh, I think it's I think it's great.
0: that <laughs> That's what led you to us today. Uh, serendipity, serendipity. Uh, yeah. Coincidences aren't real. Everything is always uh, intentional and... Just read the signs around you; it'll all make sense eventually.
1: Yeah. So thank you for for coming on today, uh, and I am uh, super excited uh, to talk about this with you because this is something that uh, you love a lot.
0: Yes, I have I have several large tomes of his that uh, are just chock full of horrifying and disgusting images. Uh, Jinji Ito is a is a renowned, uh, horror artist. He has written many short stories as well as long form series. Uh, and all of them, I, well, most of them are rather terrifying. He has a series that he writes that is just cat diaries that are about his cats in the same terrifying art style that he has. Uh, but it's just like day to day stuff about his wife and his, uh, friendly little felines
1: yeah this man does love cats make no mistake he loves being spooky and he loves body horror but this man also loves cats
0: he's uh any video you watch of him he has this extremely wonderful kind like face and voice like a little i i would say characterize him as like slightly soft spoken um but he is this incredible creator who comes up with things that every time I read something new from him, I'm like, how did he think of that? Because they are as bug mind bogglingly weird as they are terrifying. Uh, you actually, when you actually talked about the hanging balloons, I had never actually read that one. So that was a fun little, uh, jaunt for me to go down and find and read.
1: Yeah. I- I'm glad, uh, just like he seems so kind. And that's like this thread that I've seen with, a lot of amazing horror creators is they're always the best kindest people. I mean like we've talked to them like talked to David Howard David Howard Thornton on the show. He was one of the nicest people I've ever met, funny, charismatic, kind and also one of the scariest actors I've ever seen. Um so I'm glad that that trend is con- uh, continuing with Junji Ito. Um, and I think Junji Ito is a name that like you may if you are uh, not a like super big horror fan, you might recognize his work without recognizing his name um, as as kind of following uh, falling into this kind of greater genre of horror manga um that his his imagery and his his drawing style and his visual work is very very famous. Um, but uh, a lot of the times people don't make the connection that all these incredible, stories are all from, from one person. Um, and I think people sometimes use him to like generalize like horror manga or J horror, which is like, that's such a weird and loaded thing where people say like, Oh, like Jinjito is like exactly what J horror is, or like, uh, represents all J horror. And like, saying that J J horror is all one thing or horror manga is all one thing is like saying like, Oh, what's American horror? Like it's a, it's a lot of different things. Um, and they all have kind of like similar traits. Maybe there's like some threads that you see common, but, uh, commonly throughout, uh, like J horror and horror manga, but, uh, Jinjito is his own kind of unique style, uh, and his own kind of, uh, unique perspective on, um, a very like i don't even want to call it a niche kind of horror but a, it's a very specific kind of horror that Junji Ito does uh i
0: would i would say that his horror is oftentimes very fantastical and mm-hmm. yet it is like still grounded in the mundane mm-hmm. um i i could th- there is an argument that like many of his stories could uh all exist in the same like quote unquote universe i'm not a huge fan of like oh everything has to be part of the same big like
1: yeah me neither
0: interfitting thing but a lot of them are just stories about like random people going through uh horrible things Mm -hmm. in I, i mean always in almost always in japan but there is like these there like you said there are threads that uh that follow through uh, a lot of his work, which I want to touch on. Uh, to jump right uh, in after an extended intro, uh, some popular stories uh, listeners may or may not know of that are Junji Ito are Tomi, Uzumaki, Gyo, and Amigara, the Amigara, the Enigma of the yeah. Amigara Fault, uh, which Adam talked about. Uh, Tomi is about a very beautiful young girl, Uh, that men see her, fall in love with her, and eventually they become so overwhelmed with desire that they want to cut her into pieces. Uh, However, Tomi can't be killed, and each piece will grow a new Tomi, and each one believes that they're original and tries to kill the others. So in the beginning, it was just about like, oh, this girl that got cut up by her classmates and then comes back and acts as if everything is fine. And then it just spirals out into this huge, huge saga uh, about Tomi and all these different things that happen with her.
1: Very powerful of her. (laughs) Very bold.
0: (laughs) What is it? uh, What is it? Girl boss? Girl boss. Yeah. Gaslight gatekeep girl boss. Absolutely. Tomi is all about it. Uh, Uzumaki is probably his most famous work. Uh, it was adapted into a live action movie that got panned. And I saw word probably a few years ago that people were making an animated version of it that was very true to the original style of the, of the uh, series. I uh, haven't heard anything about it since, so who knows? But
1: uh, I want to I want to touch on that on the the film adaption of of uh, of Uzumaki, because um, uh, more like m- there have been uh, more of Ito's works that have been made into live action film, right? Other short films, or just live action adaptions. It's not just Uzumaki, right?
0: I I ha- I'm honestly not sure. I haven't mm-hmm. looked, I haven't looked into that. Uh, as deeply just because yeah. I enjoy reading them so much that I well, don't yeah. really want to see them as film. That's
1: what I want to talk about is that um, I think one of the most brilliant things Ito does to make his work scary and to make, because a lot of the times uh, it is more difficult to make visual work as frightening as like film or story or, or like oral storytelling. Um, uh, but Ito does this great thing where he uses the static art and visual art as an advantage rather than compensating for it. Like firstly and foremostly, nothing about Jinji Ito's work uh, is like is intended on being pleasing or easy to look at. Even the mundane things, everything kind of makes you uneasy. Even the stuff that is quote unquote normal. Um, Like the way he draws
0: people is very realistic and believable. Yeah. Um, But like his, and it's all in, all of his work is in black and white. It really, I, I honestly like can't really imagine seeing most of it in color because mm-hmm. the st- his style is so hinged on the shading that he does and the detail work. Um, like if you look at one of his large, like two page spreads of something really scary, there's so much detail in every single stroke of the pen that there's like, it, there's almost no way to replicate that on like screen without just like taking the picture and putting it on the TV. Yeah,
1: and that's what I think is that the way that he uses the page turn, which is something that is totally independent to horror comics. This isn't even really totally applied to like horror novels or or, or horror stories. Uh, the page turn is kind of an advantage that only horror comics and manga can have. Um, it's kind of like their version of the jump scare, right? Because when you flip to it, the next page in whatever you're reading in the graphic novel, in the manga, in the comic, you immediately start to receive new information from whatever you you, you get on this page turn. Um, and this is similar to film, where you can like cut to something, and the audience gets new information. But in a film, it is controlled. Like, the director and the cinematographer decides exactly when it's revealed, how long you need to see it, and what order you s- see things. But With manga and with graphic novels and with comics, the reader has total and complete control over the page turn. Uh, We could not turn the page. We could – and when we do turn the page, we can look at it for as long or as little time as we'd like. We can look at things in whatever order that we want. And Ito in a lot of his stories, uh, I noticed, tends to give – and mostly in the short stories, tends to give these – panels at the end of a page of a character reacting to something unseen and reacting in horror. And then it's up to us to flip the page to see what the character is looking at, uh, which is brilliant. He uses it all the time. I kept seeing it and seeing it. Um, and it's perfect because it's almost like as the reader, you kind of feel like you're causing it. Like you almost don't want to turn the page so that you can like save the character or prevent whatever horrifying thing is about to happen. But also, of course, you want to know what they're looking at. Um, I think that's, one of the 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 greatest thing it's it's almost it's kind of like a jump scare, but it's not because it's way better.
0: <laughs> yeah, i i i just find myself always returning to his art uh, because of its imaginative imaginative quality and mm-hmm. the way that he creates suspense uh, in these stories. Uh, he's all. I would also say Junji Ito is very much the opposite of an over explainer. Things in Jinji Ito tend to just happen. And there's not really an explanation for the thing. Every now and then there, is, there it will be. But a lot of the times, these terrible things just happen. And there's no rhyme or reason for it. It's just that, like, it's just this sudden intrusion of horror into a mundane life. Uh, yeah. And
1: anybody who listens to this show knows how much I hate overexplaining in horror, which is why I think Jinjito's work is so good. Uh, he he does it like he he doesn't overexplain, he barely explains. And that's why I think I really enjoy his short story so much. And I think short stories work best for horror in general because there's no risk of overexplaining. Um is one of the when I started researching for this, one of the stories that came up. Uh, that people recommended was The Hanging Balloons. Um, and if you have not read, by the way, uh, there's going to be some spoilers for some Jinjito stories uh, in this episode. Uh, I do recommend reading them for yourself before spoiling them for yourself because uh, they're great. Um, but I think The Hanging Balloons is such a great example of him not over-explaining. Uh, if you have not read it, uh, The Hanging Balloons is about a town that begins to see uh, balloons of of faces floating around with nooses tied onto the end of them, and then they start to realize that every balloon matches a person in the town, and eventually that balloon tracks down that person and kills them. There's no explanations of what they are or why they're there. Nobody try like the town kind of tries to figure it out, but nothing comes up. They don't even get like a hint. And explaining them wouldn't make them any scarier. In fact, it might make them less scary to be like, oh, they're. Demons, or they're whatever. Like, you don't need to do, they're already scary. You don't need to tell me what they are to make them any scarier.
0: Yeah. If I saw my giant face in the sky, I'd freak out. <laughs> I'd um, be really like,
1: <laughs> they're scary. You don't, know? yeah, I don't need to know that they're aliens. They're already scary.
0: Yeah. There's, um, uh, the other large story that Junji Ito has is called Gyo, uh, which is about these machines that emerge from the sea, uh, that, have latched onto the bodies of dead fish and they're powered by, well, I don't really want to spoil it, but they basically invade Tokyo and then Japan at large. uh, And because they are powered by, like, decomposing bodies, uh, there is this uh, stench that is described in the whole book. And even though it's just a book and, like, I can't smell it, like, part of the... Him adding that layer of like an extra sensory experience to imagine of just like imagining the entirety of your country being blanketed in the smell of like rotting flesh and rotting sea animals is so gross. And like yeah. everything's covered in like boils. It's nasty.
1: Yeah. And I think that's where Jinji like because you called his horror fantastical, which it 100% is. But so many of his things cro- feel like realism because he doesn't overexplain it. Um, like maybe, maybe not, uh, go or the hanging balloons, but, uh, I, the next thing that you have on this list is, uh, the Enigma of Amigara Fault, um, where that is just not explained enough to be like, that could happen. (laughs) That could be real.
0: (laughs) Uh, so the smaller stories that I wanted to highlight in this episode, uh, are part of two compilations that I have, uh, Fragments of Horror and Smashed. Uh, they are. Uh, they're all like most of them are just like little standalone stories. Um, and a lot of the time his characters never reappear. Like, uh, gentle goodbye. Like you never see those characters ever again. Uh, his longer form, like Uzumaki and Gyo, uh, and Tomy, like have uh protagonists that kind of stay through. But even in Tomy, the like quote-unquote protagonist, changes every few chapters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first story that I have is called Gentle Goodbye. It's a ghost story. Genji Ito doesn't tend to do a lot of ghost stories, um, but this one is about uh, a family in Japan that when someone dies, the whole family gets together at the funeral and they pray. And through the connected, just energy of all of them praying they create an image of the person who died who will then continue to live with the family in place of the person who died and slowly fade so that people get to say uh goodbye to this person like it it's about it's this incredible idea of like how to deal with grief Mm -hmm. and then there's a twist in it um because the main character is a girl who marries into this family uh, and is dealing with these ghosts and f- kind of freaking out, but, like, getting used to it. Uh, but her thing is that she has these dreams every single night about her father dying. Uh, and so she asks the family, like, oh, if my dad dies, would you make an afterimage of her? And they reject that idea because they only do it for people of the family. And so... It kind of just follows her life, like these, you just get like little snippets of her life after she gets married. And then she sees her husband meeting with a woman in the street. And she says, like, confronts him, like, what are you cheating on me? And he says, like, oh, eventually I'm going to marry her. And like this just drops out of nowhere. And then he has to tell. The protagonist of the story that she actually was hit by a car on their wedding day, and he asked his family to create an after image of her.
1: Yeah, she's an after image. Like that.
0: That sort of like twist you don't see coming at all because you mm-hmm. think it's just like, oh, it's a ghost story about like living in this haunted house that isn't actually haunted because people like made the ghosts to be there.
1: Yeah. There's like this was the story that when I was reading, I think not only is the twist introduced so well, but before like he explains it, before he like fully explains the twist, he gives you just enough information to, to piece it together for yourself. Like the, the panel where he says like, I'm going to marry her someday. Uh, I'm going to marry her soon. I was like, she's an after image. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. And then I turned the page and she was dead. Um, Which I think is so, like, it gives the reader the satisfaction of, like, I figured that out when no, you most certainly did not. <laughs> not until not until it was revealed for you. Um, and this one, like, was – it was weird because this is one of the first ones that I read. And it was, like, very tragic and sad uh, in a way that, like, some of his other work is, but not, like – a lot of his work is sad, but not quite in, like, the – I'm going to like start tearing up kind of sad and tragic that this one is. Um, I I consider this to be of the ones that I read, like the least frightening, but also one of the most impactful.
0: Yeah. uh, There's a, there's another similar story called roar, which is about like this man seeing uh, ghosts of a flood that happened like years and years ago. And like, it feels like Jinji Ito's, Stories that are actually ghost stories are more about the, like, sadness of ghosts and, like, the tragedy of losing people. Mm -hmm. And for the main character to be someone who was lost is, is just, like, it breaks my heart. And at the same time, it is fascinating to see, like, the range of stories that this man creates. Because... And because Junji Ito is sort of the i guess old school idea of a- auteur who like he has the idea he writes the whole thing and he draws the whole thing mm-hmm. it's it's this like one one person coming up with it that makes it so strong uh the same the same Devin and I were talking about this uh the other day but just like a lot of the times, you can tell when stuff was written by committee, mm-hmm. like 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 Frozen or whatever. You can tell it was written by twelve people and like was rewritten a ton of times. Whereas like Junji Ito's stuff is like it's him, like it's yeah. just him making this incredible like, stuff.
1: And it, it feels so centralized and personal, even when he's talking about like a whole town or in some cases all of Japan. Uh, it still feels so grounded in like in in and centralized in these, these characters. And so personal and personalization and the sense of self is something that I noticed is like a common thread of his, his, his work. Uh, I noticed it in this and then also both hanging balloons and, uh, in the enigma, the enigma of Amigara fault, um, this idea of something that was meant for you. Um, but something that is horrifying that was meant for you, something that is, is yours. Um, which I think is like, we always talk about horror playing on like what the fears of the public are um, and and the fear of self and the fear of not knowing yourself or the fear of something horrible within yourself is not something that is often explored in horror, mostly because it's so hard to do well. It kind of falls into the realm of co- – it's almost the, 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 the anti-cosmic horror when that cosmic horror is uh, kind of – it's weird because you kind of see these kind of cosmic horror kind of influences in his work. But if cosmic horror is kind of the fear of your own insignificance in comparison to the size of the universe, this kind of horror that Junji Ito does is this fear of something within yourself that is terrible. And it's just as cosmic as the other thing is, but it's it's almost the opposite. And it's very interesting in that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> It's it's the fear of, like, this could happen to you. Yeah. Which is, like, a lot of the times when you indulge in fantasy, no matter what the media you're consuming is, uh, there is the feeling of, like, this isn't happening to me, but this could happen to me, maybe if I imagined it. Whereas, like, Jinji Ito comes at you full force and is like, this could happen to you. And yeah. it freaks you out. <laughs>
1: And uh, I think that's what scared me so much about Amigara Fault when I saw it on Tumblr as a 13-year-old, which, by the way, if you have not read Amigara Fault, it's the comic about the holes in the side of the mountain that are shaped like people, uh, and they are compelled to enter those holes, uh, and it uh, – it was hugely popular on, like, Tumblr and Twitter from the years, like... It's definitely been
0: memed on if you've 13, seen yeah. the panel of, like, a guy in his underwear crawling into a human-shaped hole. He goes, like, this is my hole. It was made for me. That's yeah. definitely been uh, reposted a billion times. Yeah,
1: but I, that, that scared me so much uh, as, like, a teen seeing it because I was like, okay, even if this exact scenario like we all love to watch horror movies and go well I would simply shoot the monster with a big gun um but if I, I kept thinking like if I was in this situation, I would like there's nothing stopping me from crawling into like these people are getting compelled to crawl into these holes like and they can't stop it so this would pr- like I would probably crawl into the hole like that's just how it would be and I don't like that <laughs> I don't like to think about that
0: yeah um the next short story, I. I recommended is Blackbird, uh, also in Fragments of Horror, and it's crazy. (laughs) uh, This one uh, it definitely uh, just kind of jumps into the monster uh, stuff. I I love Junji Ito's uh, monsters and demons uh, because a lot of the times they are very like they either have a human face or a human body and like a non human face. Um, They're these. There's one, there's another, the Soichi's Haunted House has this enormous freaky demon woman with huge eyes and giant teeth and like a huge, huge forehead and her proportions are all freaky and wrong. Uh, But Blackbird starts with uh, a hiker discovering another hiker whose legs have been broken. Uh, And they take him to the hospital and they ask him like, oh, when did you go up the mountain? And if they find out that he's actually been like laying there for months and they, uh, the hiker tells uh, the man who finds him, and these are just random. These characters are just random people, uh, which is part of the scary personalization of just like, uh, it's just a guy. He's not yeah. special. He's just like, oh, he's a hiker. Um, uh, he tells a story about being approached by a huge woman bird thing that has giant lips and like slicked black hair and she's chewing something and she spits it into his mouth and it's the most delicious meat he's ever tasted and that's how he survives but the bird follows him to the hospital and every single night is still uh is still pushing food into his mouth but now it tastes disgusting and I almost don't even want to reveal the twist of this one
1: I I want to talk about it though (laughs) (laughs)
0: so she feeds so she is feeding him this meat and eventually uh the hiker like leaves the hospital and then goes missing again and they find his skeleton that has been like picked clean on the side of a mountain and it turns out that the meat that she was feeding him was his own flesh and so there's this, like... From
1: the mountain. Like, there's two... It's crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, there's, like... there. This is the unexplained thing, which is, like, mm-hmm. so fascinating of... At the same time, he was being sustained on, like, his own flesh, but she wasn't biting him. Uh, in And, like, she kidnaps him when he's hiking and, like, brings him up to the mountain in the ending of the story and, like, is biting off pieces of him each night... And so yeah. it's this like gross uh mother bird who is like both killing and sustaining him at the same time.
1: Yeah. And like the, the the first of all that the fact that we don't he doesn't explain how he both exists on the mountain and with broken legs in the forest at the same time. And frankly, it doesn't matter. Like if he had gone, oh well and then the time loop, like nobody would have cared. It's fine. Uh I we don't need to know it for it to be scary. And then also the we're back to this idea of personalization that like he is being sustained off of himself, but that is also killing him. Um, and this kind of sealed fate of doom, where like the only reason that he had survived that long is because that he was dying on the mountain, and that in order for like that to come to pass, he has to get picked clean on the mountain. Um, by being fed himself essentially uh and then at the very very end right the 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 original protagonist uh is fed by this this bird woman kind of in this final death. Desk-
0: He also falls off of, like, a ledge on a mountain while on a hiking trip and sees the bird woman approaching him chewing something.
1: Yeah, which is very, like, Final Destination, like, here we go again. Cyclical,
0: (laughs) like, cyclical. It's just going to keep happening.
1: Yeah, and that's also why, like, I think what's so great about him turning this mundane thing into being something scary, and that's why movies like Jaws are so iconic because it made us, like, did it make us afraid of this exact situation? No, we didn't think that this is going to happen, but it did make us afraid of the water. Like, am I not going to go hiking because I'm afraid they am going to break my legs and a bird woman's going to come get me? No, but I'm going to think about it the <laughs> whole time I'm hiking. Like, that's exactly what in the same thing. I think about Jaws the whole time I'm in the ocean. That's precisely uh, how horror continu- how horror should continue to scare you.
0: Yeah, it just, it gets in you and it's the, it's the thing of, um, I have that thing with Alien. It's one of my favorite movies of mm-hmm. all time. But if I think when I'm laying down in my bed, if I think for one second, what if there's a face hugger at like the foot of my bed and it jumps on my face, I'm freaked out and like I can't, and I have to like, I have to like hum something or just like force myself to think about something else. Because yeah. uh, the stuff that scares you is just like... It wa- it it the second it has a f- like a toe in the door, it just kind of like floods it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your your brain lets like lets that happen. Like even though rationally you know, of course, this is not going to happen. Uh, that doesn't stop your brain from creating these cool stories <laughs> about <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> so the next story in Fragments of Horror is called Whispering Woman, uh, and it centers around this young woman. Uh, almost all of the protagonists of Junji Ito's stories are, like, young men and women. Uh, and it's, it centers around this, like, anxious young woman who is always asking questions, like, should I sit? Should I stand? Should I eat? What should I eat? Should I go outside? Should I stay inside? It's just, like, this never-ending constant stream of indecision. Uh, I believe it's probably—I I think it's because, like, her mother's absent. Uh, I don't exactly remember. So uh, a woman shows up to this household uh, in response to their ad because they need uh, a new nanny because uh, every single one of them has, like, quit the job one day in, and she is perfect. She answers all of the girls' questions. She, like, stays at her side 24-7, and the anxious young woman is, like, flourishing now because this woman is just, like, spending all of her constant energy uh, from morning till night, uh, just answering her questions and guiding her through life. And day by day, she, the new nanny, gets like closer and closer to this girl as time goes by, just like clinging to her shoulder and whispering in her ear. Uh, and in Junji art, like you can see, like the hollows yeah, of like, like her gone. cheeks and her eyes, and and the way that like her body is. Uh, like, kind of starving and starting to decompose even though she's still alive. And then eventually she dies because uh, they find out that she had an abusive partner at home who all he did was take her money and beat her. And then the next day after she's dead, the father of the anxious girl is freaked out because he's like, I don't know what we're going to do. My daughter is going to go back to being... Uh, completely unable to live on her own. And the girl just kind of laughs and says, what are you talking about? She's right here. She's right by my shoulder, like she's whispering in my ear. And and later, the father comes across his daughter stabbing the ground and saying like, like this? Harder? Uh, Or should I do it like this? And the daughter comes back that night covered in blood and she says like I did it I did what she told me to do and it turns out that she killed the abuser of the woman who was murdered
1: yeah which I know is supposed to be scary but also like hell yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't it's it's not all that scary it's this is it it, this is just one of the stories that like stays with me because it's because it has the strange, it just has like this strange premise of the like person who just like doesn't know how to do with it. And this this woman just shows up and is like, "Oh, I can do it." And like, I, I it's like trying to puzzle out like what the meaning or like thesis is of this story always. It, it, like that's that's something I find very interesting about Jinji Ito stories is like it's like what is he s- saying like this woman has like devoted herself to serving other people and eventually she like wore herself away and even as a spirit she's like still helping this young girl but like was this all a ploy to get revenge? Yeah like
1: did she know that this was going to happen that's why she attached herself. I found this one strangely comforting. As I was reading it. Like, I know I was supposed to be like, oh, spooky ghost, scary. But the whole time I was like, you know, I would like to have just somebody gently touching my shoulder, telling me... (laughs) <laughs> what I should do throughout the day, like right now, I'm like trying. I'm making a, like a character for a D and D campaign. I can't decide if I should be a monk or a bard, and I really just want somebody gently touching my shoulder, whispering, telling me to just play the bard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be really nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, so much of um, Junji Ito's there's there's a lot of like very pretty young girls uh, that in Jinji Ito stories that are. Uh, either, like, horrible, that that are uh, horrible, not monsters, but, like, there's something wrong with them. Yeah. Uh, like, Tomi. Like, Tomi is supposed to be, like, the most beautiful girl you've ever seen. Uh, and, like, all these young women who just, who, like, horrible things just happen to them uh, is, once again, back in that, like, Oh, these are just normal people, and like these terrifying things can just happen to like these normal girls who are just like living their lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, like so much of it, so much, so much of Junji Ito's stories just like take place in like a city, and like people just like live in apartments, and it's all very modern looking. It doesn't take place in like an old gothic castle. Or yeah. like, in, there are some that are like, oh, they're in like remote-ish villages. Like Uzumaki takes place in a strange little village by the sea, um, but it's it's very like modern. Like people just wa- like there are cars and telephone wires. Like people just people go to school. Like it's it's very very it's so grounded in that setting that he can just go bonkers with like the concepts.
1: Yeah. It's like he doesn't use a traditional horror aesthetic. um, He doesn't need to uh, because he works in the mundane, Uh, even though a lot of like if we think about like pulp uh, fiction and like I mean like pulp, not the movie pulp fiction, but like pulp (laughs) like comic books and stuff uh, and kind of what we think of as like classic horror graphic novels or comics. Uh, they kind of really heavily rely on a horror aesthetic, on traditional kind of horror characters, vampires, zombies, ghosts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Jinji Ito doesn't really need that uh, because he's so good at making the mundane insanely uneasy.
0: Yeah. The the next one is also a really strange story. Um, it's called Ghosts of Prime Time" and it's about these two women comedians who use their spirits... To actually like fly into the audience and tickle the spirits of audience members in order to make them laugh. So like none of their jokes are actually funny, but they are actually somehow able to manipulate their own spirit and cast it out of their body and like and interact with other spirits. And they kill people by making them laugh so hard that they stop breathing and, and when they die their face is just fixed in like this huge wide open grin. Uh, And the protagonist is a young man who can like, who can see spirits, which is why he can, you, he can show the audience. He can, so the audience reading can see, at first you're just like watching this bad comedian comic show. And then you get shown what he's seeing, which is like these, uh, what's the word? Not Malignant. Ma- these uh, malicious spirits. Malicious, yeah, yeah, yeah. These malicious spirits, like these malicious women who are using their souls to do this evil and to get power. Uh, be- the reason it's called Ghosts of Primetime is because they say, like, we're going to go on national television and we're going to, and we're going to, uh, we're going to like capture and like make everyone in Japan laugh. Like, you don't know anything about these women. But they are able to know that the protagonist is not affected by them and then they find out where he lives and just like come after him because he stands in their way.
1: I've always loved uh, horror stories or horror narratives that are about like getting on TV to like hypnotize people or or just to to do something horrible on television.
0: It feels very Uh, Scooby-Doo.
1: it is very Scooby-Doo. I they, like. I was going to say, that's a Jimmy Neutron episode where this happens. Oh my God. Uh, with the alien grandma. But I'm also thinking about, and like, this is a terrible movie, but truth or dare, bad movie. Terrible, <laughs> bad movie. But I like the ending a lot because the end, like I don't actually like it because it's a stupid thing for her to do, but I like, I think in another movie it would work uh, where at the end of the movie, in order to get herself out of like the truth or dare like loop, she like, takes a YouTube video like in asking truth or dare so that everybody who watches it is now involved in the game um, and like in the premise of the film that was a stupid thing for her to do and there are way better ways she could have <laughs> solved that problem but I think as like a, a thing I like that a lot <laughs> I'm gonna go viral. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad movie. It's a terrible movie. If you ever want to watch a bad horror
0: movie, watch True Through Dare. Oh my god! There's so many. Yeah. There's so many bad horror movies. Yeah, that's uh, a good pick though. <laughs> it's also um, Ghost of Prime Time is is also the the protagonist is uh, another Jinji Ito thing is like protagonists a lot of the times, can't escape their fate. Like, even if they want to, even if they really, really want to, like, run away or somehow stop what's happening, there is no escape. There's no way to avoid it. Uh, The the fact that they just, like, show up at his house because they have this, like, soul charisma uh, and are able to just, like, manipulate people into doing what they want There's a lot of that in different stories, especially in Tomi, of just, like, people using whatever power they have to just, like, make things happen. And there's not a lot of explanation of, like, how they did it. It's just, like, they're at your house now. And it's that sudden invasion of, like, you think you're safe, but you're not.
1: Yeah. And Jijijou also doesn't do the thing where he gives the protagonist like a reason to be targeted like he doesn't do the thing where i'm like oh i'll make the people that die or the people that get wrapped up in this like slightly unlikable so that way the audience doesn't feel as bad um like these are completely normal people who did not do anything wrong and just have these horrible things happen to them uh which makes it all the scarier
0: there, there are a couple people in some Jujito stories who do mm-hmm. bad things, and it, they do deserve their fate. Okay, yeah, um, them too. <laughs> um, but like the fact that the guy, the the man, the young boy, not young boy, the fact that the, like the teen <laughs> in Ghost of Prime Time, yeah, the lad, <laughs> the fact that he can see spirits is just like he just happens to be able to see spirits, uh. As if that is, like, also a normal thing, like, in Jujita's world of, like, some people can see spirits. Uh, (laughs) 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 Uh, So the last story uh, is called Earthbound, which you didn't get to read. Um, But it is about a phenomenon that starts happening in Japan where people become rooted to a certain spot. Uh, be it like in a field or in, or in their own house. Uh, uh, one young boy is like rooted to a spot like behind his house near some trees uh, and slowly their bodies start to solidify and become basically rock. So there are scenes of people trying to remove them from where they're standing uh, like with a crane and they just fracture and fall apart and then you see like a truck bed of just like these fractured rock things that look like statues but they're real people who have just somehow fallen into this fate and it turns out uh, that a lot, that people are earthbound because of a guilty conscience it is not it's not a disease you can't catch it it is because they have an association with that spot where they did something wrong and it, like, roots them there and and they, they can't escape it. It's that inability to run away from this fate despite the work of the protagonist who is, like, who's just a young woman who is trying to assist with this epidemic uh, as it's classified in the story. Uh, one of the young boy that she first tries to help, it turns out that, he is standing right near the grave of his dog. And it's because he killed the dog in, like, a fit of rage. Uh, And you see flashes of people in the beginning, like, standing in these spots, and you don't know why they're there. And then later you see those same people, but now they're at a different angle and you can see some information that tells you, like, why they're rooted there. There's one of an old, like, middle-aged-ish man just standing on the side of the road... And then you figure out that he actually like hit and ran a child there. Uh, He just like ran over a child. And then his punishment for that is to basically become a stone statue. And it's this idea of like this idea of phenomenon and transformation that also comes up a lot in Jujito of like human bodies transforming into something else. Becoming rock is not the biggest leap he makes. Uh there are people yeah. who turn into snails in Uzumaki, uh, which is for some reason yucks me out more than like a lot of other stuff. Like a lot of body horror stuff I really just enjoy a lot. People turning into like snails and slugs, I every time go I watch it. every time I watch their eyes like pop out into eye uh, socks okay, I'm like, Ugh. fair. There was
1: a <sighs> Oh, I remember what books they were in. There used to be this, okay, tangent. There used to be this short horror series for kids. Uh, they were, uh, it was the weenies. They were called the weenies. One of them was called like Curse the Campfire Weenies. One was like Invasion of the Road Weenies. I'm unlocking these memories as I speak. Um, but knock, there are a bunch of these books. Uh, these I got months. them at the Scholastic Book Fair. Um, and one of the stories was about these kids that, like they went to go play in like a witch's garden or whatever, mm. and something happens. But she turns them into snails, and then she pours salt on one of the kids after she turns them into snails, That's and then horrifying. the kid dries up and dies. Um, so I, I understand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so those are my just like short list of recommendations of stor- short stories. Uh, he, I would I would recommend like. All of his short story anthologies, uh, the uh, his work, I would say, like because you can read comics, I feel very fast. Uh, I definitely just like kind of devour them uh, very very quickly. Uh, it took me a little while to like chip away through Uzumaki and Tomi, uh, because those are like big anthologies of like year long years long uh, series that he wrote and uh, drew. Uh, yeah.
1: And I, these are the ones that I started on too. Um, and again, if you haven't uh, like, I think a really great starting one is, is Emigara fault. If you haven't read it uh, or if you have in the past and didn't know it was him, go back and look at it again. Uh, Cause that's exactly what I did when I started this. Uh, and I realized exactly how brilliant it was. Um, these are all the ones that I started on. Um, and it's a great, great just like he's so
0: good at what he does these are Um, also some of the least body horror-y of his stories if you do not vibe with like people's heads eating into themselves or like a ton of people like grossly shoved into like one mass of nasty bodies uh if you do not like body horror these have uh not the, I, w- I would say of all of his tamer. stories, these are very, these are very limited on body yeah.
1: horror. Uh, a little bit tamer. just does get a little yucko down the line, but I know y'all who are listening to the show. if You guys are in it for the body horror stuff. Um, and his anthology is huge, huge. Uh, you're always going to be finding stuff from him that you didn't know was there. Um, so definitely go and, uh, and, and check out more of it and uh, let us know your favorites. Um, but Ezra, thank you so much. Uh, I guess it's time to grab our, what do you call that hat, hat that has the light on it? The helmet with the light on it, the miner's oh, helmet, the miner's helmet, I mean, got to grab our miner's helmet, and our grappling hook and go into that hole and go find Devin.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, think he should have like slid down to the other side by now,
1: which yeah. is, uh... um, like I, I know how that story ends, but in my brain, when you said that it was just a slide, Oh and yeah, he just kind of <laughs> plops out of at the end. Uh, we'll go fish him out. Uh, but um, thank you so much for coming on today and talking to us about Jinji Ito. Uh It was wonderful having you, uh, and I hope we can have you on again soon.
0: Yes, I have. I have another uh, episode idea uh, cooking Ooh. on the back burner, uh, okay. just because Resident Evil Eight came out, and I yeah. am remembering how much that series is a wild ride. Uh, yeah, started out yeah. as horror came back to horror, now it's going back a little bit into action stuff, but that's a topic for another day. It's got a big tall
1: vampire lady in it and isn't that... She's wonderful. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do you have uh, any of your stuff you would like to plug? Where can our listeners find you?
0: Uh, I have a professional website at EzraFisher.com You and I are currently four out of almost five, almost on the fifth week of our Play by Mail series that has been Uh, an, an amazing, uh, an amazing experience, a pleasure to work on, uh, that has been, uh, that's been, that has been, oh my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It happens. It'd be like that.
0: It's happening. It's going (laughs) on. Uh, it's going on. Uh, I'm going to be working on a festival, uh, down at the Lower East Side this summer, which should be fun. Uh, and I'm just like waiting for more details waiting for more details on that as well as uh as well as just uh oh god as well as other projects
1: <laughs> yeah if you go go head to Ezra's website uh, check out some of his awesome work he is a uh, awesome line designer awesome writer uh, go check out. Uh, some of his work there. Um, and if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please leave us a rate and review on uh, iTunes or whatever your other podcasting platform uh, and tell a friend. It really is the best way to get the word out about the show. Word of mouth is the best way and uh, share with a friend who uh, likes likes to get scared. Uh, if you would like to follow us on social media, we are on uh, Instagram at Great Screen Pod as well as Twitter at Pod, and we're on Facebook at The Great American Scream, but uh, much more on Twitter. Please send us your favorite Junji Ito stories. You can tweet us using the hashtag TGAS. And as always, if you uh, have something that you would like to hear about on the show, let us know because uh, your suggestion may become the topic for a future episode. Uh, we'd also like to thank Stevie Viola, who does the intro music for us uh, and the outro music, and also Michael Seguto, who records our, our introduction bit. And also uh, you can check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash great screen pod uh, to get your episodes a day early as well as a lot of bonus content. And thank you to uh, all of our patrons currently uh thank you to all of our patrons but wanted to shout out uh those patrons at the uh man in the fields uh, level and higher you can tell that devin usually does these because i realized mid-episode that i have to do these <laughs> uh, but hopefully i have this list right um so thank you to regina ben uh brie gail joyce melinda and chris uh thank you so for that uh i have been adam o'connell
0: I have been Ezra Fisher. Happy Mother's Day, by the way.
1: Happy Mother's Day. And hopefully you've been spooked. Uh, Don't spook your moms. uh, But you're not going to be listening to this on Mother's Day (laughs) because we're recording (laughs) it on Mother's Day. But hopefully in the past you have not spooked your moms. Um, Spook safely out there.